Namaste. Namaste. And welcome to our continuing series on Savitri. This series, uh, as always with beloved Alok Bhai, is the conclusion, and there'll be one next week, one more. I won't be here, so this oh, is the conclusion. Oh, so yeah. this is the final one uh, for two and a half months until I return from the U.S. And we have chosen previously the theme of the message in Savitri. And to conclude these two weeks, we decided we would choose very special passages that have been so beautiful to read, so uplifting. And I'm going to go today with Book 11, the Book of Everlasting Day. And it's a long title for this canto of almost 1,000 lines, The Soul's Choice and the Supreme Consummation. I will begin with <clears throat> Savitri speaking to the Lord. Earth is the chosen place. Earth is the chosen place of mightiest souls. Earth is the heroic spirit's battlefield, the forge where the archmason shapes his works. Thy servitudes on earth are greater king than all the glorious liberties of heaven. Yes, these are powerful lines, one of my favorites too. This entire, uh, maybe last couple of thousand years, this trend towards otherworldliness makes a mockery of creation. And when we make a mockery of creation, we make a mockery of God himself. That you created this mess and the only thing you can do is to tell us to come out of it. And let me, uh, you know, Shrabindu's letter, even to come out of it is not so easy as it seems. <laughs> so, it really gives a lie, not just to creation, but a lie to the creator. Who told this lie and created this world of illusion, so-called illusion. And, you know, at the end he says, uh, I'm sorry, just come back. So, here the mother is revealing a very profound truth, the mystery we have missed and this, I think, is one of the most powerful messages of Savitri, that salvation is physical, in words of the mother. Yes. Salvation is physical. The very body must be liberated from the laws of death and ignorance and inconscience and suffering and disease. The very body. And Liberation, freedom of the soul from ignorance is at best a first radiant step. It's required because the soul is the uh, point through which fulcrum, through which all the divine powers and glory enters into the mind, life, body. It is the point through which everything comes, channel. Through this she sends her, us her glory and her power. So this is important. But after the soul gets disengaged, Tangled from ignorance, that means it realizes that we realize that we are not this body, mind, nature, but we are the soul. Uh, 
and it's not an intellectual knowledge but a knowledge which is automatically liberating because after that one of the first things that the mother says that happens when one discovers the soul is that the fear of death goes away because one is conscious of one's immortality many other things happen besides so after that what is there left to do what is left to do is this earth is the chosen place of mighty souls so mother says in to one of her conversations to huta that there are two types of souls one which find this world frightening and they want to escape and run away from here and the other who incarnate here come here to do the work of god and she says these are the heroic souls these are the words she has used and uh, they don't mind entering into the creation this is the highest aspiration even in shrimad bhagavat puran that i don't mind coming here a thousand times thousand lives but to fulfill your will so this uh, awakening of the power in the soul not just the wisdom it it's wisdom that i am not this ignorance but it's power that this can be changed so this has been missing completely this aspect of the soul that the the power in the soul is the divine mother's power it's a portion of the divine mother now you can understand perhaps what i had to go through in america with all these religions saying that it's you got one choice we'll save you and at the end it's heaven or hell i had to break free from that and it was mother who came into me and broke me free she speaks of this she says in her own life and she says i had to struggle against this notion and even surebindo because he had a thoroughly western education the notion of god being elsewhere and rest of life is here so the tendency to go from here to there but the fundamental truth of even vedanta ultimately if you go back is that god we all have a divine nature and if so it must express itself this was the great word of swami vivekananda in the parliament of religions that uh, we have a divine nature but it's embedded in the soul like a seed and if that is so it must emerge why would the soul want to run away so it emerges when we take the challenge of life it doesn't come if you want to run away from the challenge that's what in essays on the gita shrivindo raises this question we all know about the uh, vision of krishna's vishwarup as kal time the destroyer and we wonder why of all the people arjuna is chosen it's something amazing in the entire spiritual literature of the world before mother and shrivindo of course mother and shrivindo have revealed to us vision of the lord of the divine mother savitri is a living example but before that the only place where you find such a wonderful description of the lord as all is in the gita but the paradox is this vision does not come to somebody sitting in quiet meditation in a hermitage this comes to arjuna on the battlefield of life and shrivindo explains that it is because he has chosen he has accepted to face the battle if we don't want to face the battle then we get those you know consolation prizes so nirvana is the consolation prize 
And he says it so clearly in this line. Earth is the heroic spirit's battlefield. And then the forge where the arch mission shapes his works. If you want to avoid it, then the divine nature cannot be shaped here. Thy servitudes on earth are greater king than all the glorious liberties of heaven. In fact, uh, I don't know, but I feel life without challenge is a very boring life. (laughs) (laughs) Very dull and boring life. Every day you wake up, you have all the comforts of the world. What is it, (laughs) this life? I mean... (laughs) You are not born for that. It's a, I feel this is a life where you have everything like heaven. It's a paralyzing life. <laughs> there is no challenge thrown. So, and Shubhendu says that again and again. That And one of the things, you know, we are talking about Kashmir. Why all this happened? Somebody asked a question. Why didn't God come to help the pandits who were going through all this pain? The pain is so real. Thank God a movie has been made. Uh, on all this pain and agony, you know, we must confront that. We have been putting it under the carpet. But still the question is, why didn't God come to help? I have gone through that phase, you know, because I was uh, in the Indian Air Force in 89. And all that pain when I used to hear and I used to feel, why doesn't anybody do something? And that is the question God asks. Why you are running away? Face the challenge. They had the wisdom. Kashmiri Pandits uh, were guarding so many treasures, you know, Vedanta, Vedanta Shakt, uh, the Shaiva Tantra, the Shakta Tantra. Both were there in Kashmir. The different forms of Vedanta, schools of Vishishta Advaita, Advaita, all of them in Buddhism. Even about Christ, it is said that the years when he, were, he was away, he came to Kashmir and even there is a grave which is supposed to be after the resurrection, he came back and that's where he left his body. So such a wonderful confluence. It's a treasure. But you have to be strong to guard that treasure. You can't be weak need. So when life throws a challenge, face it. And that's where the, you know, whatever. But of course it went through a cycle and then the dance of Kali started still going on with operation all out. It will go on till every single uh, you know, I won't even, I, I don't know what, what word there could, could be. Terrorist is too mild a word. Cruelty is effaced from the shape of earth. But we must take that challenge head on. We should not succumb to it. Better to die fighting a righteous and just battle. That's the beauty of Arjuna, which gives him the right to entry into this cosmic vision. So the battlefield, you know, Kurushetra. I think a few lines below we can... Yes, I'd like to start with... Um, a heavier tread or still? Yeah. Um, no, oh fragrant. And this is the most yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful poetry yeah. you could ever read. And what she renounces. Oh fragrant are the lanes thy children walk. And lovely is the memory of their feet amid the wonder flowers of paradise. A heavier tread is mine, a mightier touch. There, where the gods and demons battle in night, or wrestle on the borders of the sun, taught by the sweetness and the pain of life, 
to bear the uneven, strenuous beat that throbs against the edge of some divinest hope to dare the impossible with these pangs of search. In me, the spirit of immortal love stretches its arms out to embrace mankind. Too far thy heavens for me from suffering men. Imperfect is the joy not shared by all. So this is the uh, idea behind uh, Maitre Amitabh Buddha who turns from the threshold of Nirvana. And as he is going to merge, he looks upon mankind and sees there is so much suffering and ignorance. How can he enter into that final Nirvana? He chooses to remain on the threshold and looks down upon earth. Which is, a, uh, which is something which has gone missing in mainstream Buddhism. Of course, Mahayana accepts, uh, you know, Maitri Amitabh Buddha uh, as a being of compassion and love. But this is the entire thing that how can the moment you widen even a little, you realize that everything is the Lord. And you know, it's another way to look at the look at life. One is that you know, oh, this attachment, that attachment, cut everything and detach yourself. This is one way to look at it. And the other is to embrace all mankind. <laughs> that is not possible by attachment. It is only possible by love. And there she, she speaks of this wideness of love in me, the spirit of immortal love. Stretches its arms to embrace mankind. And this is the great renunciation. People don't understand renunciation. They think renunciation means leaving your household, leaving your family and you know, uh, going to Himalayas. Actually, that is often a relief. It's not easy to lead a household life. <laughs> Try it and see. Worldly <laughs> life is not easy by any chance. It should never be looked down by in disdain. I mean... Life in an ashram is in many ways much easier, especially mother's ashram, <laughs> than that life. But here we enter into a greater labor. That's what Shurvindo says. Shram, greater labor. What is that labor that she is revealing? Here we renounce that um, swargbhog. I don't know what would be the right English word for it. What we could get in the heavens. <coughs> And we renounce it because there is a greater work to be done, not just for, not for oneself actually, not just for oneself, no, but for the earth and mankind. So this yoga begins with this high note. Nothing for oneself, including transformation, nothing. But the divine will to manifest upon earth and in mankind. If it is through this being, that being, any being, see the mother in 60s, she says, how does it matter whether this body goes, uh, arrives at transformation or it is some other body. It is important that the will should be done. That's all that is important. All this illusion, rather, you know, separateness, this body, that body. And even if few bodies uh, are ready to submit to the crucible of the furnace and they go through that process, that's enough to create a change. It will tilt the balance. So she is speaking of that rarest, divinest hope. Edge. Look at that word. On the edge of divinest hope, 
what is this word so powerful against the edge to be to bear the uneven strenuous beat that throbs against the edge of some divinest hope impossible impossible but maybe there is a very small sliver of a chance but the moment that chance is taken and you just need just a few and the whole balance tilts because it's an edge the whole edge is <laughs> balance is tilted mother said when she was transforming the cells of her body that those transformed cells could go to anyone in the world who was ready for that transformation this is an incredible statement even death is a you know it's something sacred it becomes like it's no more death because one is conscious of immortality but the body whatever work has been done it gets transmitted into earth which is something very beautiful so just in case a question arises what about people who are burnt well <laughs> it doesn't matter that way but she would insist that it should be kept for some time because these cells will have enough time to get diffused and then yes of course whatever one wants to do with it but this is the basis that look at these lines there where the gods and demons battle in night or wrestle on the borders of the sun over mind sometimes we see such demons going right up to shiva's seat where they are battling with him that is where our seat is yes i'll continue because this is again yeah yeah very powerful. so beautiful oh to spread forth Oh, to encircle and seize more hearts till love in us has filled the world. Oh, life, life beneath the wheeling stars, for victory in the tournament with death, for bending of the fierce and difficult bow, for flashing of the splendid sword of God. And it means the divine really values us. he believes i mean whether we believe in ourselves or not he and we believe in him or not he believes in us so he throws the challenge of death across the immortal soul why should we ever you know comfortable and easy life this is one of the you know shivendra speaks about the bourgeois and the samurai really have found this the worst kind of it's not an ideal at all at 60 i'll retire and then have a comfortable life with my pension living in an ashram and people would apply to write to shurbindo and shubindo humorously well it's time to apply for the brick graveyard and not to the ashram <laughs> when people would come and ask mother i want to lead a peaceful and comfortable <laughs> life a peaceful life here then she says yes you will have peace but of a different kind that she says peace in the storm that you will have but peace because there is no storm no it's a battlefield and then he says i tell them <laughs> go to ramana astiruvannamalai <laughs> if you want that kind of peace go there sit and meditate i don't and know and it will be there it is there uh, yeah that's too <laughs> but it's another peace <laughs> i mean hardly worth the effort that people make but to be 
peace while taking the challenge of death to have peace when you are walking even into the funeral pyre to have peace when you know that everything is against you and yet there is that darest edge of hope that is peace what's the point of you know any other less challenge i feel is not worthy of our uh, humanness it should degrade and downgrade ourselves <laughs> sorry to strong lines but that's how i truly believe to be a samurai yeah to be a kshatriya in the battle of life yes now i'd like to look to read a few things about satchivan and savitri yes. because she asked the lord the following o thou who soundst the trumpet in the lists part not the handle from the untried steel take not the warrior with his blow unstruck are there not still a million fights to wage o kingsmith clang on still thy toil begun weld us to one in thy strong smithy of life thy fine curved jeweled hilt call savitri thy blade's exultant smile name satyavan fashion to beauty point us through the world break not the lyre before the song is found are there not still unnumbered chance to weave yes so it's a continuation of the same thing that uh, she is asking the lord to give back satyavan so what is the value of the human soul why it is here so this image of the hilt and the blade is so beautiful and one way to look at it is of course uh, the the two who are you know uh, complimentary beings but here the thing is of nar and narayana god behind and the warrior in front but shrivinda has given it a very interesting image ordinarily we have the same image in the geeta when krishna is behind the battle arjuna is the exultant blade he has to fight but the hilt is krishna he is supporting without this you can't fight here the images of the divine mother behind and the human soul in front facing the battle and the challenge of life and wherever there is to rephrase what the way the geeta closes wherever there is the divine mother and wherever there is the human portion human soul conscious of her presence there there is victory so this is the wonderful lines are there not still a million fights to wage people are too uh, you know in a hurry they want to um, leave and they are appalled by the sight of destruction oh my god oh my god they want to close the eyes that is not going to help find the real cause so someone very beautifully asked today itself this question came what does it mean when shrivindra says that debt to rudra must be paid before the law of vishnu can prevail so rudra is an aspect of shiva but you know uh, we may use the word violent tremendous powerful forceful so this world was shaped by the energies of rudra all these meteorites whirling splashing uh, and then slowly out of all that uh, 
the tremendous forces that were acting when earth was formed and as he says he still holds the hollow the world in the hollow of his palm what it means is that before the thinking man came into existence there were these tremendous forces through whose clash and strife and war something called manhood emerges at one place he says that uh, while camel soul is there in the beginning of man's great ascent camel soul means you bear the burden of life the triple soul forces but in another andaz way so the camel soul is one who accepts life as it comes bears the burden and goes on moving slowly <laughs> this is the camel soul and at the apex is the child soul who is full of wonder and delight and but in the middle man has to be go through that phase of being the lion man so the camel man and the child god and in between is the lion man it's there in tantra as you know pashupati and at the end comes krishna who becomes the leader of the herds so this aspect that we want to just close the eyes and find a way to have peace and harmony it doesn't work like that and what is the law of rudra are you strong to bear the impact of the divine forces that stream down upon earth yes of course okay see the appalling revolutions that move the world can you bear it you have to be an arjuna to say yes ultimately i see you in all then you are ready what is rudra trying to do to us through all these challenges and violence and he is making us strong paradoxically because we are not ready to be made strong in the gentler ways <laughs> when we are strong then narayana comes and prevails and that's the symbol of the gita in the great vision of the lord is the time spirit so where he reveals himself as the time the destroyer so this is the first thing and after that comes his moderate form vishnu the benevolent the preserver the guardian with his smile but first time the destroyer if we are not ready to face the challenge of death we are not ready to experience eternal life so the law of rudra so million fights the divine has prepared it so that we can go through this battlefield of life and be ready for that nectar of immortality upon earth not a post mortem salvation that's not what this earth is meant for so and then weld us to one in thy strong smithy of life god is there and i am here it no weld us into one let the human soul live consciously in the divine mother this is called welding into one what lovely lines thy fine curve jeweled hilt call savitri thy blades exultant smile name satyavan now he is combining two very different things you know sword's blade the last thing you combine with it is the smile but when the hilt is savitri the soul even in the middle of battlefield is smiling <laughs> how beautifully he combines such pair of opposites who can smile in the battlefield who is conscious of the divine mother holding him behind it is not my battle you are the warrior and it's your battle yeah 
just two lines now. I know that I can lift man's soul to God. I know that he can bring the immortal down. So this is the play. God's role to help the ascension of the human consciousness. Man's role to offer, to open, to consecrate his life so that the higher consciousness can manifest. This is the dual play of Nar and Narayana. Here it is not Narayana but Narayani, Adi Shakti and her human portion, the divine. So, divine helps us to come out of all ignorance, everything and ascend. And he only will transform. But the human soul has a role. It must open, offer itself, give, learn to endure the passage, have faith, so that the immortal can establish himself upon earth. So beautiful. The divine, a number of times, asks Savitri to come into his kingdom. And each time she refuses. And this is the last time, I believe, where Sri Aurobindo writes, but someone, uh, sorry, 696, but someone yearned within a bosom unknown, and silently the woman's heart replied, Thy peace, O Lord, a boon within to keep, amid the roar and ruin of wild time, for the magnificent soul of man on earth. Thy calm, O Lord, that bears thy hands of joy. The peace of the Lord, not the peace of Shava, but the peace of Shiva. Not the peace that comes by escaping from the snare, but to embrace the bonds, knowing that they are none else but the Lord's. That's what comes earlier in line in Savitri. What is that freedom which wants to break the knots and go? A freedom which even in bonds knows its freedom. Then it can change. When you discover that, then it can change. And this peace of the Lord, the Lord is ever peaceful even in the battlefield everywhere. So such should be our nature, our life, that even in the battlefield, even in the roar and ruin of wild time, we are able to have that peace and calm. Shubindo, entire Second World War, Mother and Shurbindo, they went through it. But still, look at, I mean, how they gave only joy and peace to earth while they drank the bitter poison all within themselves. This is Shiva. Even when Sri Aurobindo couldn't write Savitri, he said there is no time for Savitri now because he had to fight the war. Two more lines from Savitri because they are so beautiful. 697. Thy energy, Lord, to seize on woman and man, to take all things and creatures in their grief and gather them into a mother's arms. And lastly, uh, we'll just read the upper two lines also because thy oneness Second from above. Thy oneness, Lord, in many approaching hearts, my sweet infinity of thy numberless souls. So not a oneness which blurs the multitude. A oneness 
which understands that behind all the many forms and names it is the one which is expressing itself in countless ways so one can to just have a little example because this oneness word often people say oh all is one it's a euphemism for you know sab theek hai sab chalta hai no all is one it means that the force of life that runs in the sinews of the tigers and makes him leap is the same force of life that enters the feet of the deer and makes him swift footed and not two forces they are one and yet in the play the deer can't say ki okay i'll because me and the tiger same force so let me become an offering for the mouth of the tiger he has to do his dharma and the tiger is governed by his dharma this is the beauty of the play and then what happens is something very interesting shubhendra is immortalized in one of his poems uh, often people speak about shubhendra's prophetic poem but they miss out on this one there is a poem called the tiger and the deer and he says look at the paradox of life that the deer continues to frolic on the plains and multiply on the plains of the ganges where there is the tiger is becoming extinct <laughs> so there is a message in it try devouring you are facing extinction there is the devourer in this world and you must know that the power that is being misused by the devourer the same power i can use it not only to save myself but to take the challenge the same energy so oneness is about that in the play that one divine is manifesting in different forms and names and this manifestation is governed by the law of unfolding and that has to be respected so i must discover first what is my swadharma imagine arjuna is saying well lord all is you why should i fight he almost says that they are my brothers that's the mm. ignorant way of mm. understanding oneness after all whole world is brother brotherhood see that's why india kept getting invaded all are bhai bhai first mughals came bhai bhai we have taught learnt in the scripture there is only one so they said very cool it gives us time to enter <laughs> settle down what is there our brothers <laughs> then came british bye bye still we didn't learn the lesson then came the chinese bye bye <laughs> and i have a little story here <laughs> from krishna tiwari uh, he was uh, in general, he was imprisoned huh? in a camp general krishna tiwari just so that you know uh, the he general, was general general krishna tiwari yes. he was in the 71 war yes uh, commanding that side the eastern command where the war was taking place so yes. he uh, he was imprisoned in a camp and the chinese fellow came up to him and he said hindi chini bye bye and krishna said bye bye for <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is another very interesting story about him so he got he was then you know not general generally became later on and uh, one day suddenly his junior saw him Uh, sitting with a very morose face and a heavy head and he asked sir what has happened he said no i can't tell you it is something like a top secret the decision had been taken to uh, enter bangladesh but he knew that we are not ready nothing is i mean how are we going to take over and 
he was full of like how to do it strategy and everything so this junior officer ultimately he confided good friend and you know says sir why don't you write once to the mother of shirbindu ashram pondicherry he says what will she do she is a saintly human being <laughs> sir you please write once this documented story he himself has told this mm-hmm. story and i have been a first hand account of his telling this story <laughs> so uh, of course it is mentioned in the agenda but not mentioning his name so sir why don't you write so desperate situation okay i will write <laughs> he writes uh, immediately a special blessing comes and there were 30000 blessing packets or perhaps more which were sent to the soldiers who were fighting on the front and a lady in the ashram had a vision that every soldier had mother's face we know the outside of the story like we know mahabharata that outside he was fighting that was fighting but behind was krishna the mother was completely behind the war can you imagine now compare the two wars today russia with that might fighting ukraine today is the 18th or 19th day you know how many days it took for uh, india to less than that 16th september 16 december is the day of 3rd december it officially you know the war was declared in 13 14 days and the way it happened was nothing short of a miracle what a master strategy this man there were lakhs of uh, army members about a lakh located in, uh, in bangladesh and there were very few general aroda just about you know 10000 or something like that but the strategy was such that they felt that they have completely encircled us and we are doomed to die like shivaji strategy and so they surrendered america's seventh fleet nuclear powered what were the chances of india at that point of time with china and america backing pakistan and of course russia played a good friend where it sent its submarines and blocked the seventh fleet because last minute when the seventh fleet was approaching the bay of bengal it had entered the indian waters like what we'll do that is the time when russian subs surfaced and the admiral went back saying that we are just a little late but it was all her doing from behind and she says that they are <laughs> they, even in chinese war they are more receptive so they have gone back yes they are more receptive because she was telling them indians were not fighting no weapons nothing so she started telling the chinese go back go back go back go back and they turned back mysteriously i have been posted to that place gone to those places jorhat tejpur if you come so far the rest of india is like at least bengal and then odisha bihar would have been a cake walk go back go back go back and then they something happened they turned back so such is the way ways of the divine but the war is there and one has to face it and take the challenge of life so this is the oneness where even in the chinese something must have been there which responded to her <laughs> go back <laughs> to them she was saying go back and to the indians she was saying fight the great battle of life <laughs>
these fellows wanted to fight but they got orders come back sad story you know and films have been made on this but they responded so oneness is not a blurring of distinctions the law of evolution has to be respected but one must know that behind all this so there should be no hatred no uh, none of those uh, violent emotions but one should know that it is the divine plane which i am supposed to fight for the divine victory and then these lines which you just read thy energy lord to seize on woman and man to take all things and creatures in their grief and gather them into a mother's arms what wideness and this urge to help not from an egoistic personal philanthropic motive any of those but because all mankind belongs to the divine ultimately to take their grief it's not easy to drink that bitter cup to take their grief to understand to have compassion it requires the lord's energy otherwise one cannot shubhendra says in one of his letters it is only because of the divine love and ananda that i can we can bear all that is thrown upon us how much they had to bear and yet they were always full of compassion full of love yes the last four lines thy embrace which rends the living knot of pain thy joy o lord in which all creatures breathe thy magic flowing waters of deep love thy sweetness give to me for earth and men the final prescription the divine healer is giving for all of us embrace you are having pain <laughs> seek the embrace of the lord right into the nerves the bones and everything thy embrace which rends the living knot of pain it comes with life dead people don't feel pain so when people often say oh these people don't uh, feel pain they are so indifferent and why do we suffer so well you have taken the first step towards evolution you are sensitive enough not <laughs> some people want to become like that that uh, you know i want to be thick skinned why do you want to be thick skinned he is making you a fine harp which responds to the gentlest vibrations then you have to go next step but let the harp be completely in god's hands so the permanent remedy of pain ultimate and even the physical pains mother speaks about it throughout the agenda and toward the end the kind of pain that she would experience because of the impact of the forces of transformation upon the bones pavitrada see these are the heroes who knew what really is not seeking running okay give me this tramadol give me that no how they went through that is amazing not a single movement for him was without pain and he would still want to walk from his room to the mother's uh, room and you know it's a passage and he would walk through holding things with all that pain bearing it why because he knows that the solution lies in their embrace so what happened when he left the body every cell of his got fully into the mother intact so this is the 
embrace and then the second prescription remedy one thy embrace o lord <laughs> second is thy joy <laughs> ventilator life support system <laughs> thy joy o lord in which all creatures breathe to breathe that joy to have that atmosphere of the lord around so that ultimately and it helps so much and even at the most practical level i have seen if in your room you create the atmosphere of the divine nothing else play mother's music savitri put their photographs whatever may be the trouble distress just get back there and breathe and you'll see how things dissolve thy joy i share just one story from oroville there was a wild plant with beautiful blue flowers and mother named it miracle but then she said one day it is the air of oroville and so we have a plant with two names miracle and air of oroville you cannot go to oroville without breathing that air of miracle and one can actually feel the difference you know just when you go through oroville that atmosphere it's something so different it's something so beautiful so there is the one and even about like pondicherry she says you cannot live here without breathing my air and she says within 9 km 8 kilometers or 10 kilometers right up to the lake estate so this breathing the air of the lord is the source of joy why we don't get it because we shut ourselves the ego shuts all the doors windows like martin luther king all depressed till his wife tells him you know the news today what is it god is dead ah huh? how can that be he says then why are you so morose <laughs> if he is there he will take care of everything and then comes these lines thy now when you take uh, remedy no one is breathing second is the embrace what you are taking inside and then you know people ask what should we take it with doctors sir water or milk tell them water sir before or after <laughs> warm water cold water normal water so ultimately you say holy water <laughs> what is holy water thy magic flowing waters of deep love that is a sanctified water this is holy water when you take something you see this the story of meera that she drank poison taking it also as gift of the lord prasad of the lord and as is said she merged into the uh, idol of uh, shri krishna so when we drink life or whatever it gives us as it share with that love of the lord thy magic flowing waters of deep love she wants that savitri thy sweetness fourth thing in the prescription because you have to apply some ointment also so ointment is sweetness whose sweetness thy sweetness gift me for earth and men and i believe it was nolini who told me that sweetness was shri arbindo's favorite word and you can find it almost 85 times in savitri <laughs> how she would that 
Kakidas story, you know, when he fell down yeah. and his father is just a few steps behind. But he gets up and instead of going to his father, runs to the mother. And before he can catch up, obviously young child goes and mother comes out. By the time he reaches there, he sees mother is applied something with her hand and so sweetly she is telling him, Mapati, my child and then giving some chocolates and why would a child want to go to father? <laughs> Thy sweetness give to me for earth and men. This is what one day the divine being, man, humanity will embody naturally, inevitably. 705 A few lines Some shall be made the glory's receptacles and vehicles of the eternal's luminous power. These are the high forerunners, the heads of time, the great deliverers of earthbound mind, the high transfigurers of human clay, the firstborn of a new supernal race. So always it will be like that. The few, then more, then many, then the rest. And these few will not say we are the great ones who are the deliverers. The sign of divine being is the closer you come to the divine, you become more and more humble. Simply because you realize the infinity. It's only the small who are full of vanity and self-conceit. But those who grow, look at Shurbindo picking up his, I suppose this has to be posted. Yes, yes. And the Nirodha writes, what a perfect gentleman. A hundred hungry, hungry hands would have greedily seized. Yes, sir, give a command. Shurbindo is known to have never given an order like that. Post this for me. What a contrast to all the gurus that you can imagine. I suppose this has to be posted. Table fan, he's trying to start. Then Champaklalji comes and says, Shall I? Can you? Yes. They start. So Shubhinder, like a child, looks at it and says, Oh, it's so simple. <laughs> he who is moving the world by his look. <laughs> Conducting operations in the Second World War. Oh, it's so simple. <laughs> this is Mother and Shurbindo. They are the perfect examples of divine humility. Mother spoke about Shurbindo, that he is the perfect example of divine humility. Never imposing himself on anyone. Look at it, what he writes to a disciple who wants to leave and go away. He could have said, too bad for you. You don't know whom you are leaving. <laughs> Instead he writes, We have cherished you as a son and a friend. Certainly the mother and myself would never want you to go away. It will be a loss. <laughs> I mean he is not saying it will be lost to you. This is the humility of mother and Sharbindo. When a lady gives the food and... Uh, Shobindo doesn't eat that day or he would hardly eat anyways. Most of the time he would taste it and it goes to everybody as prasad. And people at the uh, 
unwisdom in your word to go and tell her you know shavinda did not touch even your food she says i am going to commit suicide and matter reaches shavinda he says first of all you should be little discreet <laughs> don't speak like this <laughs> and then he sends a one line note if you commit suicide who will prepare luchis for me what a compassion anybody would come and he would just you know it's we who have painted an image and mother spoke against it that you should not do it this is the religion people will try to form on shurbindo a very strict disciplinary even about mother says like that's what needs wanted the superman to be and she says you must remember that this is not the truth of shurbindo he is the lord he is wise and great and compassionate is full of compassion oh death for a few stones he could say that i will close now page 706 the supermind shall be his nature's fount the eternal's truth shall mold his thoughts and acts the eternal's truth shall be his light and guide all then shall change a magic order come overtopping this mechanical universe a mightier race shall inhabit the mortal's world on nature's luminous tops on the spirit's ground the superman shall reign as king of life make earth almost the mate and peer of heaven and lead towards god and truth man's ignorant heart and lift towards godhead his mortality so this is the final solution that shurbindo gives to all the i won't say to all the maladies uh, that plague man but to the malady called man because man has created a lot more imbalance but nevertheless this is the solution you change governments one i think today there was aphorism very beautifully this erring race of mankind which always wants to change things by changing systems organizations governments as long as man remains what he is subject to the mind as the peak subject to the ignorance governed by the ego and desire then as death says elsewhere renounce all hope if mind is all and shurbindo says yes if man remains a mental being have we not seen what mental being has done in the last million years do we still need to see more so his remedy is the ascent of man from man to superman and that ascent cannot be by mental efforts alone the consciousness of the supermind that has to lift human consciousness above then all the rest will change make a monkey into man and he will understand what a computer is keep him a monkey and make him dance around computer teach him mechanically all the keys give him all the bananas in the world he won't understand because that consciousness of the mind which is there in man is missing it's a different kind of a mental consciousness so this is how the solution of shurbindo is if you want to change this world change man 
and to change man is not about making him good guy we have seen enough of that not a man making but a divine man making and that is possible because divinity is inherent in creation and man is that point fulcrum from where the divinity can leap itself and take the evolution beyond mind to the super mind but this cannot be by one's own effort somebody asked the mother mother can we transform ourselves by our own effort she laughs and says try it <laughs> try it it's like the chimpanzee says i'll become man instead of beating my chest i'll beat somebody else i am a man it won't happen it has to be the greater consciousness and that's why the opening to the mother is required she is the embodiment of that consciousness and she alone can change us provided we open why not directly we can't even bear a little joy a little love a little knowledge and we become so arrogant a little uh, of anything beyond man we start behaving like titans aggrandized so can we imagine bearing that tremendous 10000 volt ka jhatka so that 10000 volt ka jhatka is for her she embodies it releases for us that much for which we are ready and prepares us for the next prepares us for the next 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 till one day we can embody that light and delight and that splendor and glory. closing line let us give joy to all for joy is ours savitri yes. namaste <laughs> namaste So we'll resume when you come back okay. and waiting eagerly. Wonderful.